Timberwolves, a podcast still riding hard for Team Aquaman. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott. Welcome to episode 18, everyone. Welcome. You can even listen to this in the oceans because we're riding for Team Aquaman. Aquaman's Broadcast cool. Fish. Aquaman's cool. He's underwater. He's breathing. He he's... can talk to fish. <laughs> That's. There's no other Superman that can do that. There's no superheroes that can do that. At least not in the DC universe. <laughs> That's right. So, um, welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. It's so good to have your earbuds. We're back. We're back with another week of Timberwolves basketball to talk about. We're saying this a lot. This has been a really fun March. I know we brought it up a couple weeks ago on the pod, but just to re-emphasize, uh, re-emphasize it, wow, what a March we've had, because like usually March is a really depressing month yeah. at this time of year, because it's like <laughs> everyone's already made their vacation plans and stuff like that, but uh, <laughs> we're playing some of our best basketball right now, even if we're not winning uh, every game. We're usually, like, ball. yeah, guys are like shut down by now or something mentally checked out or just yeah. like it's kind of the thing where they don't want to get an injury going into the summer so they're, yeah. they're just going to go 80 percent um <laughs> but you know we got some guys who have something to prove it feels like everyone seems like they're going hard still so uh that's a testament to the character that's right of our young men in the locker room things are going well right now i appreciate you tuning in you guys we are going to talk about a lot of things um today on the show we have power rankings we are going to read some fan fiction and of course we're going to play a game but to start it out Let's uh, let's talk about uh, one of the biggest games of the year, certainly the biggest game of this week, Golden State coming into town with their very impressive all-time record coming in, the toast of the whole league this season. So everyone wants to talk about uh, the Warriors were already in town early, super early in the we season. We went to that game. But bobblehead night number bobblehead one. <laughs> was not sold out. Remember how no. empty it was on the top half, actually? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we talked about whether we should sneak down because there was nobody on the top half. Yeah, I mean, it was um, you know still a, a busier night, I guess. Was it a TNT game or was it just an ESPN game? I think it was a nationally televised game, one of the first ones. You're right. Um, Shout out to my friend Benjamin who came to the game with Oh, us. yeah, Ben was there with us. That was fun. Um, yeah, it was a good time, but definitely not sold out. That was, um, you know, I think... It, maybe in the first three weeks or something of the season. So yeah. I think the Warriors were obviously undefeated. Where did they start out? Some 27-0 and 0 or something right. silly. <laughs> so yeah, they were probably I like 13-0 and 0 at the time. Yeah, I think we were like win like 17 or something in that streak. Either way, it was clear that they were the defending champions. But uh, I just think that the madness is clearly at a higher level. Because um, I showed up super early for that bobblehead. I didn't know what it was going to be like because I know Twins yep. fans camp out overnight for bobblehead. <laughs> yeah. So I was right there. I came early before Doors with me and my friend Benjamin. And uh, we were in there right when Doors opened. So we got to watch the warm-ups. But oh, yeah. it wasn't like anyone showed up for the warm-ups, really. There was like a dozen, like we talked about on the pod at the time. There was a couple dozen kids around the tunnel like wearing Steph jerseys waiting for the autograph. But it sounds like this time there was like a whole... <laughs> Like a whole crowd for the warm-ups. <laughs> the pictures of warm-ups from this week's Wolves-Warriors game are insane. It's all on one half of the arena, all crowded around that tunnel. The lore of Steph's pregame warm-up has gotten out into the public. You know, he shoots long bombs. He shoots uh, silly offhand sort of like circus layups. That's his thing. Is he can make them in the game because he practiced them at full speed before the game, and uh, people know about that. I saw um, a tweet from a Timberwolves somebody saying that uh, a Warriors staffer, PR person, I think, said it was the biggest crowd all season for the Steph warm up. <laughs> just crazy. Yeah, um, it just goes to show you, like, 
the star power of like the the league, how it can market itself. Because a lot yeah. of these kids, you know, when I was a kid, I was reading Sports <laughs> Illustrated for kids. I was watching Disney Channel. <laughs> Shout out to Zach's cameo last week on the Disney Channel. Whereas I think Zach. the marketing department of the NBA has a whole division that's like marketing to young people. Yeah, and whatever they've been doing for a step this year, it's been working. I bet he's on every cover of every Disney Adventures magazine or whatever. You know, <laughs> I bet I bet they've been pushing him hard because like he's so uh, family friendly. He looks like a child yeah and he has a game that any child can dream of doing it was super impressive it was a sellout biggest crowd of the season 19,452 people um cool game too wolves hung in there they, they made it to the very end and it was it was not just one good half or one good quarter um got a little sense of the warriors they weren't there maybe their whole mindset wasn't quite in the game they they kind of i think they played the night before um you know coming into this game as a back-to-back possibly and and you know they, it seemed like it took them a while to click in for sure especially early on they were kind of last last days and lots of turnovers wolves hung in there it's a good game fun game to watch I'm glad, in a way, the silver lining of the Wolves losing this one because I would hate to be that guy who, like, 30 years from now is at a bar and the conversation's like, oh, yeah, and the Warriors, there hasn't been a team this good since the Warriors had this record. I'd be like, you know, the Warriors almost could have had the record, but I, the Timberwolves team, I watched them as they foiled the record. They were the one. They, were, they lost to a bad team with this winning percentage. And Carl, you know, like, I feel like I would have to, like, Hold on to that trivia fact forever. So, <laughs> you know, the Warriors uh, took care of business as uh, they got the respect from the refs that teams do. Uh, the refs came out the next day and said in the final two minutes they missed three calls that worked in the advantage of the Warriors. Yeah, that push off on Draymond being the most egregious, uh, pushing off on Ricky Rubio on the pick there. But uh, uh, that shot didn't result in points. That the, the first two violations, which included that push off, uh, slash illegal screen like they missed that <laughs> shot so it's like you know it would have the ball would have gone our way but, but in the two minute report that was it, in there the, yeah. the one that really mattered was Wiggins got fouled and he would have yeah, gone to the line the to shoot free throws yeah and instead uh, you know they took a shot and they missed and then they had to start fouling so yeah. you know uh, it goes both ways I, I used to get really bent out of shape about missed calls but like I've noticed that since they've been releasing these reports that you know you're going to have three or four games that it's there's some sketchy stuff that happens to you at the end and you're gonna have a couple games that you get the advantage of the whistle so yeah you know i I can kind of take it with a grain of salt especially when it's not like we need this to get a playoff spot like this isn't like uh you know the team adelman's last team where it was like we were 40 and 42 or you know it was like we were just on the cusp of being 500 (laughs) so close and uh so I, I just think that, you know, there's no pressure. So it's okay that the Warriors got this win maybe with some fouls. Yeah. At least let's just say, like, yeah, we could have beat them. We, we could have beat them. We were there. We were right there. Well, and I think it was interesting, too, because it was such a fun game and hanging in there with one of the best teams of all time, probably. And um, I think it was cool that, it, you know, a lot of people, albeit maybe some some Warriors fans here in Minnesota or maybe some you know, bandwagon weird fans who just come to the big games like this got to see a really nice game and got to see Cat and Wiggins and a bunch of players, pretty much all of our guys, play really well. Um, That's a great point because this is probably like – 
You said it was a sold out crowd, and yeah. I'd wager like the majority of those people, this is the only Wolves game they went to all year. Right. Like, uh, shout out to listeners of the pod. They came to my trivia night. They came into town. Uh, this is Hank yeah. and Danny came into town from Sioux City, Iowa. All the way. All the way. They drove into town for the for the Warriors game because that's what you do. The Warriors are worth driving across state lines for. It's like Jordan. And so, you know, it, it's a great point that it, we're not running out like a couple, uh, you know, like D-League call-ups. Like we, you know, we're like a year ago at this time. We were running all the uh, oh, yeah. injury replacements <laughs> out there. So people actually saw like this young, vibrant, exciting lineup and they're developing like you can see actual chemistry on the court yes. like they enjoy playing with each other they're starting to know each other's games especially like cat and gorgie are figuring it out together they're getting a great sense of chemistry already yeah cat said after the game that he, it was like his i forget what his exact quote was i'm paraphrasing but he basically said it was as pumped up as he's been all season for a game because it was packed because it was loud because it was happening and you know we can disparage those fans for you know not being in it all season and uh you know maybe being fair weather or whatever but i'm just happy that they were there and they got to see that kind of game i mean you can't convert all those people anyway most fans are going to come and go as the wins and losses go um not they're not weirdos like us uh, who stick around throughout anything and can tolerate it all so it's, right. it's fine i'm not i'm not going to have a weird attitude about about these you know fair weather fans in there i'm just glad they got to see the future and got to see cat especially He's a stud. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's uh, it's going to make them, you know, keep that in mind for the next season. So it, it's fun. Um, I know Cat was super upset with himself for oh yeah <laughs> uh, losing that game. He was not Usually happy about is. it one bit. He really wanted that game, and a couple guys you could tell really, really got up for that game. Like, yeah. That was probably you know maybe the hardest we'll try in a game for the rest of the season. So. Yeah, that's that's been the season. It's been the, the the team's kind of mo for this year is unfortunately playing up and down to their opponents, and uh, we really saw it with Golden State, the best <laughs> opponent of the year. They really played one of their best games of the year. It goes to show you why this Golden State run so impressive. Everybody yeah. has they have the bullseye on their back, even when they go into Minnesota. Minnesota gears up for a playoff wow. game. Yeah, playoff atmosphere, imagine. crazy. The Warriors come into town. They see the uh, Target Center sold out, and it's nothing to them. There's no. sold out arenas like, everywhere oh, this is they how go. It always is right. Yeah, exactly. No. And the Wolves are like, "Oh my God, this is like <laughs> ten times as many people as normal here." Look at these people here. Wow. Yeah, exactly. They get amped up for it. Scott, speaking at Target Center Arena, we got a new scoreboard that's been announced. Something that you and I have talked a lot about on this show. Throughout the years, we've been promised renovations to the Target Center. Looks like it's finally going to start happening. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Once, once I think it's hung is when we'll actually believe it. We've but, been. Uh, I feel like we've been rightfully skeptical uh, on this podcast about it, but I can't hide that I'm very excited to see some of this potentially planned. They really have to get it done this summer because it, they have the Summer Olympics, which is a great advantage because they get this WNBA break that's yeah. not there uh, most of the time. Uh, because the WNBA season is obviously going on for the Olympics. The women basketball players who get selected to the Olympics, they just take a break from the WNBA season. <laughs> yeah. So they're taking that summer break period. They're taking advantage of it. They're going to install the scoreboard over that period. So not only will the scoreboard be there for the start of next season, it'll be there for the Lynx Championship. All run. right. Let's see, see that next yeah, Lynx Championship song. Yeah. That's right. It'll be christened for the next you title. Know, get some of that uh, championship uh, you know, confetti stuck in it before the Wolves get a chance to break it in. But it's exciting not just because of the actual screen itself, uh, the Jumbotron, which gets a much-needed upgrade, but the, the upper level gets four giant screens in yeah, each corner in the corners which is important i think if you're in the upper level you get some bad angles uh sometimes when you're looking at the jumbotron 
they didn't make the biggest jumbotron adjustment. Like this is definitely a much bigger screen, but. Uh, you know, there's a lot of teams in the league. There's probably, uh, you know, like seven or eight teams in the league that have much larger ones, the kind of ones yep. that uh, the dimensions for the sidelines. Uh, uh, longer, basically. Yeah, the screens on the sidelines are longer, so it's more of a rectangle, whereas the Wolves opted to have four screens that are the same size on all sides. Yes, most modern new scoreboards that you'll see, um, maybe like the maybe like the very biggest one is the one at like Cowboy Stadium or whatever. You'll notice that it kind of mimics the dimensions of the playing field, uh, you know, or the court, yep. um, you know, uh, with the elongated longer, on the sides yes. and a little bit shorter on the baselines. And that's what, you know, uh, a lot of people have been doing, but it's not everyone. It's actually kind of a stylistic choice. I tried mm-hmm. to do some research uh, on scoreboards after I saw the dimensions of this, just to figure out where we sit in yeah. relation to the league. And it surprised me how many teams choose to have uh the same size screen on all four sides. It seems like a real stylistic Equality. choice. Yeah, equal all the way around. Yeah, I think there's something to be said. Maybe they're like, well, we don't have to worry about doing different like camera work or dimensions for the sides. I don't know why they chose it. Yeah. Um, I think it's a very Minnesotan thing to be like, you know what? We don't want to have the flashiest one. <laughs> we we want to get something that that runs well, that yeah. works, yeah. is a good investment, and will be you know be very solid for the future. We don't want to try something flashy, something you know radical out of the box. We just want something solid. Exactly. You know, and you know, I was at the game um, this week Wednesday night against the Kings, looking at the scoreboard a little bit, looking about where the screen lies in relation to the court. And, you know, right now, that screen, that scoreboard that we have barely goes from three-point line to three-point line um, in the center of the court. And just barely. And, and and that's the whole structure, too. That's not just the screen. That's right. the, the entire structure. And now the screens definitely stretch out past either three-point line. And the entire structure goes oh, basically free throw to free throw when you include um, the corners and everything. And so it's more of a circular round kind of um, structure um, with a ribbon board on the top. Um, They'll uh, be able to do a lot of fun things with that. Um, and the other, like, the re- one of the reasons I think that maybe we chose not to have the largest size is kind of the framework of the target center. It's yeah. kind of a small shell of a building, <laughs> which is like, I mean, yeah. just its shell is kind of small compared to a lot of these much bigger, like, yeah. football-sized arenas that some other teams down in Texas have. Exactly. And so um, that was something I noticed when I was researching screen size was that the size of the NBA arena came into play. So maybe we couldn't have as big of a one. But I think they compensated for that by putting the four large screens in the corner so when you're in the upper level if you feel like you're too far away from seeing the center court video screen you have a giant one on all four corners all four corners and then what the thing that we really wanted was when you're in the lower court when you're a high roller baller like us you know sitting down (laughs) those courtside seats you know we sit in those vip seats like we always do and it hurts our necks to crane them up to see the screen And so we can't be inconvenienced with that. So now the the blue chippers on the court side seats can uh, they have video screens pointing down at them from within the center, uh, which is a modern thing that we've seen NBA arenas doing. But I'm glad that we did that because you know we're not just getting like you know it's it's like maybe we could have had like two larger screens on the sidelines but instead of getting those we got not just four screens we got like 12 yes you know? so many screens. screens so many so many screens everywhere um there's also going to be new signage and screens outdoors um outside on target center and stuff that they're adding as well um so basically an upgrade on the screen front uh all over target center 
some cool stuff. Glad though. to it's hear it. Really cool to see, and that's going to be the main like crowd facing improvement to Target Center that you're going to see. You know, in the arena at least. I know there's some. I they're going to you know do some yeah. loading dock stuff. Um, you know, overdue. there's uh, there's only one elevator in the whole building, so they're going to add some elevator stuff. It's a sketchy one too. I bet it's weird. <laughs> Shakes a little weird. Benjamin left <laughs> something at, stuck. Benjamin <laughs> left his water bottle at lost at uh, coat check. Yeah. Because they make you check your water bottle, and Benjamin didn't want to throw it away. And uh, so he left it there, and I had to go back in, like a month later, and I was like, where's the lost and found? And they're like, well, you have to take the elevator You're gonna go down. down to the security level. You're going to go down. There's like a prison under there. It's scary. <laughs> but we're really excited to see all the improvements, excited to see those go up this summer. Again, um, probably I just want to give a shout-out to Dactronics. Dactronic running the game right now. Right from the Midwest. Sioux Falls, South Dakota, right? Is, yep. that, is that where they're it's, from? It's uh, the alumna's SDSU alum. There it is. And uh, yeah, they. I was do, in my research, I found out Dactronics has like half the league's scoreboards. And if they're not wow. doing the scoreboards, they're doing the ribbon boards. They're doing all kinds. Like, they're in almost every NBA arena doing some kind of thing. Just running the game. I remember uh, when we were swimming in high school, we were on the swim team. Yeah. Our touch pads and our, uh, that would register on the scoreboard, that was Dactronics. Dactronics. Put, put them in before every meet. They On their press release for the Timberwolves thing, they say, Dactronics has grown to the world leader in audiovisual systems and implementation with offices around the globe. I believe it. They, I mean, quite a success story. It's not just Midwest. Uh, Dactronics has it going on all over the place. I saw the Indians, just uh, the Cleveland Indians. That is, I'm not trying to be racist. Uh, the Cleveland Indians, which <laughs> yes. is a baseball team, yeah. just installed a, a, uh, like the largest video screen in baseball. Wow. It was Dactronics, solid Dactronics. It used to be like they had a couple screens. Now it's like a wall of Dactronics, that's, pure screen. That's crazy. They go from like they're not just a big league company, like you said. They got high school stuff going on. They got accounts at high schools all the way up to the big. League, they like, started in like you know the 70s or something yeah. so it's been growing it's just growing they're growing with the times they're blowing up right now you invest in dactronics i guess if i was in the stock market i might look into that get the dactronics <laughs> get okay. the dactronics money oh man um <laughs> they're doing all right and of course our new board can be dactronics board that you had to believe that especially just being in the midwest and stuff i noticed the language because a lot of times it's really hard to find information by the way on all these screens like mm. you go to wikipedia pages they don't list it the arena's wikipedia page they don't list it so you have to search like a lot of times i was searching like team or arena name and that yep. you can't just do scoreboard size that usually didn't work you have to do new scoreboard so you could find the new story the from latest one the last time they got a scoreboard so sometimes you're getting like 2007 articles yeah and like the thing i've learned from reading every press release about a new scoreboard has taught me that they all claim to be the largest in some way <laughs> like it, it, no yeah. matter which scoreboard it is it's always like it's the largest in the nba and yeah. i like that the timberwolves press release was just like it's the largest in the upper midwest upper midwest keeping it real because i mean not stretching the the bounds too far uh, there's too many new ones. I mean, there's new scoreboards going up all well, the, the time. Well, the Bucks will get a new one, so we might not even be able to claim that very long. But yeah. I mean, Chicago's isn't huge, but uh, two of the largest in the league are Detroit and Cleveland. Indiana. Oh, I thought you say yeah. and Cleveland, Cleveland's Cleveland, Detroit, too, yeah. and Indiana. So you can't yeah. say that part of the Midwest. You have to be like the upper, upper. west <laughs> part of the Midwest. Yeah, <laughs> uh, west of the Mississippi, uh, we get the largest one. Yeah, totally. Scott, anything else on on uh, scoreboard for you? Um, I just can't. Uh, I hope that uh, once they add in the new modern technology, they also, 
you know, add in some more modern elements to the game presentation. I think there's two sides to this because the Timberwolves Entertainment Network does terrific work. Ooh, I think they're ready. Yes. They're making those viral videos. Yeah. They're making the funny videos yeah. like the Mario Kart races and stuff go on. Yeah. Let's just get the other parts of the in arena experience better. Have some more. Blend it. Exactly. It, it seems so uh, non balanced. It seems yeah. so heavy on one <laughs> side. So I think that whoever's running the Timberwolves Entertainment Network has got a good head on their shoulders. Hopefully they can use all these yeah. new video screens. Bring some of that stuff into the game. Exciting ways. Call us up. Hit, hit us up. We'll do some consulting work we'll for you guys. Some ideas. We won't even charge you. We'll just charge you for like the breakfast burger. <laughs> the go breakfast. for go for one of those. Cool. Uh, let's uh, transition and uh, pay some bills, Scott. It's time to talk about uh, this week's sponsor. It is the Young Wolves Summer Diet Plan. You know, a lot Scott, of people tell us about this. Yeah, absolutely. I know a lot of people. Uh, the diet industry is a large industry. Uh, yeah. You know, magazines, supplements, pills. Everyone's got their own kind of plan. So if you're a Timberwolves fan and you are interested in having the same kind of diet plan that your favorite athletes do, I mean, they're in good shape. So oh yeah, it seems a reason that some people would be interested in it. So we've been hired to tell you about the Young Wolves Summer Diet Plan. This is for our Young Timberwolves, the kind of diet that they have to have this summer to gain enough weight to become an NBA contender. That's right. We've got uh, lots of young wolves on the Timberwolves. A lot of skinny wolves. Right now. And yeah, the ra- skinny wolves. A couple of them are rail thin. And so they will be undergoing um, the Young Wolves Summer Diet Plan. And, you know, it's not just for athletes. It could be for you as well. Maybe you're a little little rail thin. Maybe you're a little, you know, bony trying to add something. You could follow the Young Wolves Summer Diet Plan, I think. Perhaps you too, like Carl Anthony Towns, should eat five meals a day for the summer. Five full meals. That's right. We're not Snack. talking about Taco Bell fourth meal. We're talking about five. Five meals a day. Start early with a large breakfast in the morning. That way you can, uh, you know, replace all those hours of not eating that you gave up while you were sleeping. So get a large base early. You got a snack every few hours. Mm. And uh, the most important meal of the day is to have your biggest meal of the day right before you go to bed. Perfect. Because that way you're not working off those calories or anything. It's all just sitting in your gut. Those need to stay with you. You got to keep those. You got to store those for the next season. So Kat's got to do that. Build some of that muscle. Zach Levine. How's he ever going to defend the shooting guard position when he's a will-o'-wisp of a man? <laughs> he's got to bulk up. And with the Young Wolf Summer Diet Plan, he can bulk up. And he will. All he needs to do is follow the instructions that for every ounce of water these players drink, they also have to also drink an ounce of soda. Yes, one for one. One for one. So you drink a gallon of water, you drink a gallon of soda. It's just how it has to be all summer. So, you know, if you get a bottle of water, um, you also need to make sure you're getting a can Coke alongside of that. Russell Westbrook is sponsored by Mountain Dew, and look how good he is. He's doing great. He, he's got all the all the beef on him he needs. Um, other dietary guidelines for uh, every day, really, every single day, make sure that you eat a dozen eggs a day and a gallon of milk. That's great. That's a dozen a- eggs and a gallon of milk. That's a great way to start your day, I think. You know, both those things are breakfast items, and, you know, if you just pump that up, some of you might be eating three, four eggs um, every day, you know, on the Young Wolf Summer Diet Plan. Dozen. Do it. Gaston from Beauty and the Beast claimed to eat 10 dozen eggs. <laughs> That's... And it made him as strong as an ox. Look no further than Gaston. That guy could play... He could have played in the NBA. Uh, he could have been a nice... I feel uh, like Tech would approve power of forward. Egg eating. Yeah, totally. All these things are part of the Young Wolf Summer Diet Plan, you guys. Finally, they got a lot of time off in the summer, so they just got to set up shop at a local Olive Garden, get that never-eating pasta bowl going, mm, and so, just and push it to its limits. See if they will throw you out. Be like... 
They're like, okay, normally we have a uh, never-ending policy, but you guys have really abused it today because you have eaten so much pasta. Yeah, I mean, they offer free Wi-Fi there, so, you know, just bring your devices, set up shop, you can get multiple meals on that. Unlimited pasta, unlimited breadsticks. Keep them coming, all the carbs you can eat, you guys. Make sure you head to youngwolves.com, enter the offer code WOLVESCAST, and uh, you'll get your entire month of May for free all your food for the month of may you know they send you some food alongside with some tips about what you can eat um you know timberwolf season is always over in may so you gotta start right away you gotta start right as the playoffs start um that's when our timberwolves young wolves will start their diet plan that's when you should start too because honestly we need you to be about 20 pounds heavier by next september that's right it's young wolves summer diet plan we appreciate their sponsorship of our show and helping us continue to keep it going keep the mics on that kind of thing up next we have for that hosting fee a lot of people don't know when you they're like oh man i'm gonna start a podcast gotta pay to get it hosted so yeah. much money you guys Libsyn's taking it's it expensive to us. enterprise here uh let's invest get, in Libsyn. if i a stock ticket number two Libsyn, uh, uh they you know streaming services they get hosting services for you they'll, they'll take care of your podcast check them out they're not paying us to say that though so we can't talk about they, if they just let us work rent free, that'd be great. Yeah, like don't check them out until they let us. That's right. They should until, pay us before we until recommend we them. told you to. Okay, let's uh, move. Keep the show moving. Up next, we have power rankings. Power. 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 Power ranking time today. Power ranking, Scott. Potential head coaches for next season. Yeah. We're gonna rank them. We're on the record already saying that we have predicted, which means it'll happen. That Sam Mitchell will still be coach next year, and uh, so this is really just what we would like to if, see. If Sam had to leave for any reason, maybe yes. Sam wins the lottery, and then yes. he's like, "I don't want to work anymore for the rest of my life." Exactly. Good for you, Sam, he's but we done. need a new coach. Yeah. So he, you know, we think Sam will will likely be back, but. In the you know in the case that he's not, let's let's rattle through these ten. Let's talk about who we'd like to see. Okay, in, in that seat, leaning more on the like to see side of it. Yeah, maybe not going to happen. Actually, I don't know how much I'd like to see it. Number ten, we put down Jim Peterson. Jim Peterson is number ten. For we all us. love Jim Pete Hoops. He's number ten because he should be considered, but at the same time, we want him on the call. We want him on the call. We want it. We want him to stay where he is right now. He's just too good. It's so fun to have the best color analyst in the game. And you know, I appreciate it more than ever because since the Timberwolves decided they don't want fans going to the games because of the flash sheets, uh, that I've been uh, watching more games than ever uh, at home this TV season on lovely FSN. And I, I appreciate it more than ever. They should really show Jim <laughs> Pete's inside the play on the Jumbotron in arena. Oh, yeah, just so we can all look look up and be like, oh yeah, I see that double drag screen and how that opened up a shot. <laughs> That's right. Jim Peterson's number 10. Jim, you know, don't, we love you. Don't go anywhere though. Okay, man. Go cats. Number nine, uh, Jeff Van Gundy. That's right, Jeff Van Gundy might be kind of low as far as, you know, he's he's maybe one of the biggest names in this list, in the I, potential coaches. I pushed coaches. him down the list a little bit. Pushed him down the list. It's he's, been a hot minute since he's been in the game. It's been such a so big, long. If he's such a big name, why hasn't he coached a team in the last, like, seven years? Yeah, it's not like it's not like he's great as, as an analyst. We're just talking about TV, you know, broadcasting stuff. He, right. He's not that good. He's fine. You know, I enjoy his time. I just on the Zach Lowe podcast. You know, he's good. He's animated. Yeah. I like his, his his fiery nature. And I'm not saying 
saying he can't coach. Like people must be mentioning him for a reason. He must have like some real chops. But yeah. I just feel like the league has changed so much that it's just like the name you hear. You know? <laughs> yeah, he's he's just a name. He might be not actually higher. Whereas number eight on our list is Kevin McHale, which is a Ooh. guy it's the opposite of Van Gundy, maybe, where it's not a sexy name. It's actually something we've had before and something yeah. we have a lot of experience with. A lot of fans might turn their head at this one. I don't know. But Kevin at the McHale. same time, Kevin McHale is a guy who knows how to coach a good NBA squad. I think that we know he's a better coach than Sam Mitch. So if you want to choose a safe, a safe choice, someone who you know is going to like be able to have some good, uh, you know, control the locker room and and just keep the team in line. I mean, look how it happened to the Rockets after he left. You know, that team is all over the place. He's a, he's our uh, country club name on this list for sure. Which you, know, you always need because yeah. you know how this front office could works. be very well could be a. So there, but I know no one's going to get excited about bringing back in Kevin McHale, but it's like the tagline is Kevin McHale. There could be worse things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kevin McHale probably didn't deserve to be fired from that Rockets job. So no, we no, could, we could bring him back. Um, cool. Number seven, um, another uh, former player, another in the guy, uh, another guy whose team quit on him. That's right. We have uh, Jeff Hornacek. That's right. Uh, got fired uh, from his uh, Phoenix Suns coaching job. Uh, which he's had for the last two or three years. Um, you know, almost one coach Weird of the gig. year. Weird yeah. gig, too, because he was hired at a time when they thought they were rebuilding. Yeah. Coached and that the, first team to a, almost a playoff spot. Such yeah. Such an entertaining Incredible. team. Incredible. And the the last two years, I mean, they've kind of fallen apart, especially this year, their lottery bound. Last year, Underachieved. Last year, they had a lot of injuries, too. But it's like, so they hired him with low expectations. But yeah. because of his first season, the expectations got really high. And so for the next two years, when injuries made him underachieve, they're like, well, what happened to the guy from the first year? Whereas, like, that's not fair. Like, his first year, they were supposed to be bad. And so, uh, you know, I do think there was a lot of toxic stuff going on with Markeith in the locker room. Markeith Morris. Uh, I think that just the players kind of had a mutiny with the coaches, and I think that he was a casualty of it. Yeah. I don't know he was, if he was fired. I don't think he's responsible for how bad the Suns are. Exactly. That, that's a funny idea, though. That's something that would never happen to the Wolves, where it's like, we. it turns out we were too good this season. We shouldn't have been that good this year. That was a mistake to almost make the playoffs that year or whatever. Like That just never happens to the Wolves. We always seem to underachieve. The Suns just got out to such a great season that year and just blew away all expectations. They were supposed to be at the very bottom of the league, alongside us, probably, but but yet they killed it. They were amazing. And it turns out that that wasn't so good for Jeff Horn a second for the future of the Suns. Yeah, in Minnesota, the next head coach who takes the team to the playoffs is going to get a street <laughs> named after them. He's going to get gonna a statue. Get a legit street. Right next. Yeah. And also probably a statue. That's what I'm saying. He'll probably get a banner because we like yeah. to hand ban- we don't have things to hand banners about. Yeah, yeah, totally. All right, moving on. Next one, number six, uh, current head coach of your world champion, Minnesota Lynx, Cheryl Reeve in the house. She's all the way up at number six. The league has never had a female uh, head coach. Cheryl Reeves should probably be the first one. She's the most successful coach in Minneapolis sports franchise history. Yeah, she's one of the most winning coaches in WNBA history. Um, so many titles. She's been great. She just signed an extension with the with the Lynx. So you know she's probably there for a while. But hey, we're talking about an in house move. Hey, in, that's, in, in a way, right? That same guy sign your checks. That's not that big of a change, right? Then that way, Jim Peterson then gets elevated up to the Lynx head coach. And then we take Cheryl for the Wolves. She probably won't even have to change her office over at the Mayo Clinic. Exactly. Exactly. I like it. I, the only reason she doesn't break the top five is because, she, like, why Why break up a good thing with the Lynx, you know? The Lynx, it's such, a good, good, it's such a good thing. I hate to break it up. Otherwise, Cheryl would be in my top five. We love you, Cheryl. 
stay here forever. I want to name a street after you. She deserves it. She's, she deserves it. She's amazing. All right, number five, Kevin Garnett. <laughs> I know uh, this would mean he'd have to retire. I know he doesn't want to coach, right. but let's face it, he's got the mind of a coach. Yeah, and he should stay with the team. That's, yep. that's where he belongs. I mean, he should, he should. you know, if he wants to be a, a, a player coach, that's fine. That, or, that's true. Or into that. That's that. He can really do whatever he wants with this role. If he just wants to, you know, be on the bench and just chill, He that's fine. Normal coach style. Or he can, you know, play half the season or play a fourth of the season or something. And also coach. Obviously, he'd have a very awesome assistant coach, um, you know, uh, staff with him. So he, he'd be all right if he was a player coach. I could see it with KG. One more year, uh, KG player I just and realized, coach. I just realized last night on the broadcast they said, uh, George Carl and Frank Vogel are tied for head coach's technical fouls this year. <laughs> KG would have one every game. Oh, he'd decimate it. He'd be all over that. He could he'd write set his, the new record. He could write his check before the season began. Oh man, that would be that'd be that'd be amazing. We'd all love to see KG coach. That'd be fun. All right, number four, we have the uh, the same plan, the same blueprint that most of the GMs in the NBA have used. <laughs> take what, take someone from the Spurs. Take it from the Spurs. Whoever the assistant GM, coach is, you know, GM, assistant coach, players, whoever they, whoever the Spurs want, that's who we want. Yeah, that's well, the idea. So if you can pry anyone loose, <laughs> we want them too. And we, we got two targets in mind here. We got Becky Hammond and Itori Messina, both well respected. Itori yes. has got the. Uh, the international success. Yes. He coached a few games while Pop had a personal issue this uh-huh. year. Coached in Minnesota. And uh, Becky uh, lost in the playoffs to the Lynx a whole bunch of times when I was there at the Target Center. But <laughs> She's an all-time hard. great She's WNBA player, mm-hmm. and now she is on the bench uh, for Pop and the Spurs, and um, you know she's she's incredible, and and so someday I think she could, she's right up there with Cheryl Reeve, possibly being one of the first women to cross over into the men's game to to coach uh, as far as head coach goes, and so I could see either one of them. But yeah, for sure, just number four for us is just the idea of poaching from the Spurs. Take any loose fruit on the Spurs tree, you know <laughs> who, who you want, who's who's available. Let's yeah, go, hey, let's just go. take it, just take it. Work for Mike Budenholzer, number th- Budenhauser. number three, uh, our old friend, former former Timberwolf player. Scotty Brooks. Scotty Brooks fits that country club mentality. He played here before, even though it wasn't with Glenn. Yep, another yeah. country club name. Uh, I also think that, as we've said last week, breeding Scotty here is just part one of getting Kevin Durant to come play in Minnesota. Yeah, Kevin Durant is probably going to be a future wolf, we have to say. And uh, I think you know he got along with with Scott pretty well, so you know I I think he could be on the team. Um, uh, you know if if Scott Brooks is the coach, I think that's what brings him over. Plus, he's a good coach who coached up Durant and Westbrook as young studs into the superstars of the league they are now. We'd like to see that with Cat and Wiggins as well. Yeah, a lot of people like to say we're following the Thunder model. Everyone wants to say that we're the next Thunder. Yeah, and so that means we got to be the next Thunder. We got to hire Scotty Brooks and trade for Kendrick Perkins. Let's do it. I like the blueprint. You know, let's, let's ignore the fact that you know Scotty Brooks. You know, never really got them. You know, into you know made it to the finals, made but never finals. quite uh, made it over the hump. Let's not worry about that right now. That's, well, you know, that's it's just too like, much for what we're what, talking about. What percentage of a coach's responsibility is the X's and O's, and what percentage is controlling the clubhouse? You know, yeah. If, if you can just get us there, I think you did a good job. That's that's awesome. So Scotty Brooks, way up, way up at number three, especially because it's a package deal with Kevin Durant. Of course, of course. Uh, number two. David Blatt. David Blatt didn't get a fair shake in Cleveland. The guy only has like the best coaching record of a fired coach ever because he was the coach of a first place team last year that went to the final. Actually, the Hawks were first place, but he was the coach of a 
team that was well over 500 last yeah, they made year. The finals. Made the finals. Next year, he's well over 500 and he gets canned. Uh, I just think that uh, that guy's got a lot of good basketball sense in him. I'd like to see him get another fair shake. And I think that his offense is progressive and new and adapting. I think that he would uh, create some more interesting offense than like Scott Brooks or, uh, you know, some of these people would. Yeah, David Blatt was hired to coach a very young and growing Cavs team with uh, Kyrie Irving and uh hired, anthony bennett hired to coach andrew wiggins hired to coach andrew wiggins and such so you know i think he can be an elite coach in this league he's probably not there yet he just needs you know he just needs some cushion he needs a few years to develop into the nba game i think he's a fantastic coach by all accounts he's a fantastic coach i think it'd be great to see him come here to minnesota coach our young guys you know, he's going to not have the pressure he had in Cleveland to right. be in the finals every it's year, a win easier. the championship. Yeah, it's so it's much a lot cushier. easier to deal with like Roycey and Suhan than it is to deal with like <laughs> the entire ESPN <laughs> the empire horse, like yeah. pushing down on you. You know, <laughs> exactly. So I think just those things. And, you know, we have to mention, I think David Blatt was maybe, I don't know if he got interviewed or not, but in consideration possibly with Flip Saunders and, and Glenn Taylor with, when they did the last coaching search, uh, which ended up being Flip Saunders. Uh, but he was the best guy on the market for the job. I don't job. know if they talked to Blatt or what, or if it was just rumors, but I, I, he might be in the mix here as far as someone who has at least a little bit of history with the Wolves um, in the in the past. So I think it might be, it might be, that's why we have it way up here is it's not just pie in the sky. I think it's decently realistic yeah i think the next team blatt wants to coach is uh some rookies not some superstars you know he wants to coach some guys who he'll have authority over not yeah you know, no exactly. one can coach lebron <laughs> lebron will he allow himself to be coached at times <laughs> but you know exactly um our next one it's number one number one for the power rankings former timberwolf former an assistant coach <laughs> another former former wolf coach we got an awesome picture of him in a wolf track suit it is none other than Tom Thibodeau, everybody. Thibodeau, Thibodeau in the house. That's uh, that's probably the the this free agency of coaches, which will happen this summer, the coaching carousel, which will go around and around this summer. Tom Thibodeau has to be uh, way up there in anybody's list, and ours as well, for the Timberwolves for next year. I think it's a Bill Simmons theory, right, where he says that, like, 20 of the 20 coaches in the league don't really matter. They're not like <laughs> going to be important enough to sway your team significantly either way. Like the talent level normally uh, even things out. Yeah. <laughs> but there are five coaches that are so bad that they destroy your team. And there's always five coaches that are so good. And he always said tips was one of those five up there with pop up there with like Stevens um, up there. Uh, and I'm saying Stevens. I'm sure Simmons was saying I Stevens, like Stevens but I like too. Stevens that no, much. I think I, he's a top five coach. Uh, yeah. Vogel. Yes. Um, you know, some people Carlisle. say Doc. Yeah. Carlisle up in there. But yeah, Tom Thibodeau definitely has an amazing resume, has had a great run the last couple of years, winning title um, um, when he was the defensive coordinator for Doc Rivers in Boston. That kind of got him pushed into a head coaching job with the Bulls um, for the previous, what, like five years um, before this year, so defensive, known as defensive guru, start, you know, kind of created um, a, a defense for the for the modern NBA, a defense that KG really um, excelled in. Um, so he's known for his defense, but also had a, had a good offensive plan when he's with the Bulls. So a very well rounded coach, I would say. Yeah, and I think we got maybe some more offensive talent that yes. uh, they'll develop in the Bulls. Yeah. yeah, but I think that like KG and Thibodeau got along and won a title together for a reason. 
which was that they are both just so intense about basketball. <laughs> By all accounts, Thibodeau doesn't have hobbies. And he might not even have that many friends. Like, no. every story you hear is like, Thibodeau owns two uh, items of clothing, his tracksuit and his, his game day suit. suit. He wears a tracksuit in the Bulls practices and yeah. gyms, and no one ever sees him outside of the Bulls practices yeah. and gyms. Like, this is a guy who eats, sleeps, drinks basketball to an unhealthy level. And, uh, you know, that's the KG mentality right there. He's incredible. I'd love to have him on the Wolves bench. I think most Wolves fans, he's, you know, this is your number one guy. This is the guy you'd like to see out there next season for the Wolves. But hey, if we can get pretty much anybody on this top ten list, hey, it's our power rankings. Things are good. It's our power rankings. This yeah, is but a, Prince at number one. This is how we'd like to see it. But uh, let us know what your rankings are. Who do you have at number one? Tom Thibodeau, maybe a Blatt, maybe uh, maybe somebody else. Maybe Never know. Sam Mitchell. Yeah, totally. <laughs> maybe Sam Mitchell. Maybe you just want him to stay. I can see that as well. Sam Mitchell, if you're listening, we know you think that <laughs> <laughs> he's not listening. Okay, we're moving on from uh, power rankings, and it's time to get to. Fan fiction. What if KG ran an ice cream shop? It's fan fiction, frickin' fan fiction. What does Wiggins get when he hits the co-op? It's fan fiction, frickin' fan fiction. What if Rubio got lost in a zoo? It's fan fiction, frickin' fan fiction. What if Glenn Taylor got a sick tattoo? It's fan fiction, frickin' fan fiction. All right, it's fan fiction. Yes, indeed, we are reading fan fiction about our favorite basketball team, the Minnesota Timberwolves. We are the fans, and we created this fiction. <laughs> That's right. It is fantasy fiction as well as team, like, fanatic fiction. Ooh, it's double meaning. Double meaning. I like it. Yeah, because this is our fantasy about something that could happen. Okay, so today's fan fiction, we have a topic, and our topic is the Skirvin Hotel in Oklahoma City. Ooh. If you don't know about the Skirvin Hotel, it is haunted. Uh, there are ghosts who live there. Spooky things happen there. Uh, it's recently been in the news. NBA players Randy Foy and Wes Johnson, former Wolves, have experienced strange things there. Randy Foy was talking um, about how he had a bed bug situation that was maybe real or not real. Nobody really yeah. knows what's happening. Wes Johnson had a bathtub filling up with water situation that happened overnight. He suddenly woke up and his bathtub was filled with water. Creepy things happen in the Skirvin all the time. So we decided to write some fan fiction about that. Little known fact about the Skirvin, it's actually the inspiration for the Boo Houses in Super Mario World. Whoa, okay, well, good to know. Skirvin, scary things going down. So each wrote a short story uh, regarding the wolves in the Skirvin Hotel. I'm going to start. Scott, you ready for this? Can't wait. Okay, here we go. Shabazz Muhammad took his key card and slid it into the slot on his room door. Room 7689. He strolled into his room with a little extra bounce in his step. The team had just pulled out an incredible win a few blocks away at Chesapeake Energy Arena with Ricky Rubio hitting a three-pointer to win the game at the buzzer. He and his teammates really needed that win. It had been another long season filled with losses. The team had gone out after the game for a celebratory dinner. Shabazz and a couple of the younger guys went to a bar after, after and he, if he was being honest, he probably shouldn't have had that last shot at Patron. But, win, but wins were few and far between for the Wolves, so partying a little too hard was not that big of a deal. Muhammad got ready for bed, and like almost every other night and on every other road trip, he flipped on his Xbox and logged on to Xbox Live. He and fellow Timberwolves gamer Zach Levine had agreed to meet up online and complete a Call of Duty mission before bed. 
A few minutes later, Zach and Boz were tearing it up in co-op mode. Speaking to each other with their headsets, they called out enemy snipers and talked strategy. Suddenly, the power went out in his room, leaving him in complete darkness for a moment. Then, just as TV and Xbox came back on, Zach, he said into his headset. Zach, are you there? My power just went out. There was no answer. He paused and texted his teammate. Still no answer. And then, a knock at the door. At this point, Shabazz was spooked. Maybe it was the tequila, but he had suddenly hit. Maybe it was the tequila, but he suddenly had goosebumps and did not want to open the door. A voice from the other side of the door shouted, Hey, Boz, what happened to our game? I thought you were going to finish that mission tonight. Zach, is that you? Yeah, man, we're going to play or what? Just let me in. I'll play in here with you. Shabazz approached the door with caution. He wasn't a superstitious guy, but this place gave him the creeps. He grabbed the hotel door and flung it open. There was nothing there. Not just an empty hotel hallway, but nothing at all. Total darkness. Shabazz leaned over the edge and looked down. More nothing. Suddenly, the door closed behind him, pushing Shabazz into the black abyss. He tumbled and spun through the air as he began to hear the voice of his head coach, Sam Mitchell. Boz, pass the ball. Come on, Shabazz. Get down on your stance. You got to defend. No, Boz, this play is not for you. Keep the ball moving. Seemingly countless critiques of his game surrounded him as he continued to fall. Shabazz let out a primal scream before landing in his hotel bed. It was morning. He sat up, looked at his now-closed room door. What had happened the night before? Was it a dream? Or was it something about this strange hotel? Shabazz would never know, because next time he decided he would be staying at the Holiday Inn. Fan fiction for Shabazz Muhammad right there. Very That's well right. done. I, I didn't see it, the twist coming. There was a twist. A little twist, a little twist, a little twist. Haunting. Those images will stay with me tonight. Scott, I'm looking forward to your spooky story of the Skirvin Hotel. What you got for us tonight? My spooky story is an ad lib, Neil. I'm going to need a few contributions from you. Whoa, okay. Hit me. Give me a positive adjective. Happy. Good one. Give me a skill that somebody has. Mm. Like a basketball skill? Any skill. Marksmanship. It's a good one. Not enough people have that skill anymore. And just in life. Give me another adjective. Excited. Can you give me a verb? Danced. Can you give me an article of clothing? Boot. Can you give me another adjective? Relieved. I need another verb. Cracked. Almost done. Give me another adjective. Um, I'm coming at you fast. Robust. Robust. That's great. All right. Give me a cuss word. Poopy. Poopy. And finally, a declarative statement. Indeed. All right. Perfect. Thank you so much. Welcome to the horror story. Are you afraid of the dark kids? We're about to find out. (laughs) Happy Timberwolf star Carl Anthony Towns had heard all the rumors about the supposed haunted Skirvin Hilton Hotel in Oklahoma City. But he had no time for fables. Ghosts aren't real. He's never seen one, at least. And if ghosts are real, why are they always wearing human clothes? Do clothes have an afterlife? Do you have to wear the clothes that you die in? Or do you wear the clothes that you're buried in? Towns shakes off that line of thinking. It's not easy being the best marksman in the NBA. He needed to stay focused. Later that dark and excited night, after Carl Anthony Towns danced like he does every night, he changes into his Kentucky PJs and his boots and goes to bed. 
Just as our relieved angel begins to slumber, the door to his room suddenly cracked off the hinges. Cat shoots out of his bed like a bolt of lightning. Is this a prank? Is Peck getting revenge on him for posting those unflattering snaps to his story? From down the hall, he hears a murmur. Carl doesn't know why he decides to follow that sound. Maybe it's to prove to himself that he isn't afraid. At the end of the hotel hallway stands a double door with light pouring through its robust cracks. Cat touches a cold steel handle and feels an ominous energy jolting through his nervous system. As he opens the door and is engulfed in a bath of brilliant illumination, the hair on the back of his neck jumps and a thought shrieks through his brain. Oh, poopy, this is a mistake. The light fades and Carl Anthony realizes he's on a basketball court. He's playing a game. In fact, he has the ball in his hands. It's the second half and time is running out. Ten seconds. He's playing against Wisconsin. No, that can't be right. Nine, eight. This can't be real. You can't. This can't be real. He lost this game, but it feels real. Seven, six. Cat's not about to let this happen a second time, whether this is real or not. Five, four. Towns literally fakes his defender out of his shoes with a nasty pump before dashing to the rim. He has an open shot. He leaps. Three, two. A Wisconsin defender grabs him, and then another one, and another one. How are they so strong? Towns started falling back towards the earth. They're dragging him down. Now there are four defenders, then ten defenders, then fifty, all with their noodly arms powerfully yanking him into the court. The defenders sink into the ground, slowly bringing Carl with them. The ground is up to his chest, and then his shoulders. As it rises around his neck, Cat takes one last look around the gym. Everywhere he turns, he sees crying Kentucky fans. His parents are devastated. Bucky the Badger smiles demonically. His face is swallowed underneath the surface. Carl Anthony draws his final breath and shouts, Indeed! Very spooky. That's the story. Skirvin Hotel. Can do it all. Can do it all, you guys. And uh, whatever demons you might have, they'll find them. If you ever needed another reason not to spend a night in Oklahoma <laughs> City, there's, there's a haunted hotel. Skirvin. It's going down, Scary everybody. Scary stuff, everybody. That has been fan fiction, you guys. Let us know if you want us to write fan fiction about, uh, you know, a topic or a scenario that you have in your mind. We'd love to write fan fiction about whatever types of stuff you're talking about. Right? And if you want us to write Rick and Morty fan fiction, well ahead of you already. All over it. <laughs> I could just give you a link. Okay, we got a game for you. Uh, this week we are playing the Newlywed Game. Taking inspiration That's from Game right. Show Network. This should be interesting. Scott and I have privately answered five separate questions and we are going to try to predict each other's answers that's how it's going to be just like some newlyweds that have known each other for 28 years yeah okay so we've answered uh, like i said five questions the first one scott you ready to dig into it the first one here is who is your favorite all-time timberwolf player who's it going to be i uh, uh should i guess you first yeah go ahead okay scott for you i'm going to guess Ricky Rubio? Oh, so close. Uh, so close. Who I, is it? Who is it? I, it's, it's Kevin Garnett. I KG. Was, I was so on the fence because, like, I've been so much more into the Timberwolves over the past, you know, five years since Ricky started playing than I ever was during the KG era because I was in school then and I was interested in other stuff. And I was, like, definitely watching the Wolves and excited to be a Wolves fan. But these days I'm, like, living, breathing Wolves on Twitter, reading blogs. Yeah. Every day I'm li- reading blogs or listening to a Wolves podcast. And I just appreciate basketball at a deeper level. And so, like, for my mature adult 
era of basketball appreciation, Ricky has been my favorite player and is my favorite player in the league today. But when I really thought about it, like everything I feel about the Timberwolves is comes from and about basketball in general comes from like the foundation KG put in, just being like the crazy defensive, passionate, like he he's the the prototype that I expect. All right, KG. KG, I got it wrong. Okay, that's okay. Yours is Kevin Garnett too. I got Kate, I got Ricky Rubio. You got Ricky Rubio? No! I, I got Ricky oh, Rubio. Oh, man, this is going to be a good game because I actually thought, I was like, well, this is too easy. I'm like, this is too easy. We're both going to say I Kevin got Garnett. Ricky. I, I recently decided that uh, Ricky's going to take the cake for me. I really appreciate what he's done in all these lean years. So it just brings me joy. He's playing so well these days, and it just makes me think, Ricky's my fave. Ricky's what? my guy. Question number two, if you could reverse any moment in Timberwolves history... What would it be? Scott, right. you want to start? You want to guess mine? Here's my guess for you. There's okay. a lot of moments. Yeah. We've we've talked about many of them before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say if you could change anything, it would be losing the Western Conference Finals in two thousand four. I think you want a shot at that Pistons team. There's always a question of whether they won just because the Lakers were kind of at the end of that era kind of thing. I don't want to take anything away from that Pistons team, but uh, wouldn't you have loved to see KG against that 2004 Pistons team in the finals, even if we lose? Scott, I'm going to give it to you. You got it right. You got it right. You got it right. I wrote down Sam Cassell injury in 2004 playoffs. Same thing, basically. Yeah, I was wondering how Sam got injured. Lots of people believe if Sam doesn't get injured, you know, late in the season in the playoffs, then, you know, the Timberwolves can get past the Lakers in the West Finals and possibly win that title i think that was the catalyst moment i'd really like to see that changed you win a title it makes up for everything else yeah you know? yeah it's just totally. a fresh release okay for you um i'm gonna go back to ricky on this one i'm gonna guess the ricky rubio acl injury uh that's a good guess it's not my answer okay um, what is it i mean what is your what is the I, one moment in Timberwolves history you'd like to reverse? I just want to say you're making good guesses because you yeah. know my irrational love for Ricky Rubio. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, uh, I love him so much. I feel bad because now I feel like I'm not loving him enough uh, by choosing him. Okay, what's the moment? What's the moment for you? I wish we never traded Kevin Garnett. Ooh, I wish we kept him. I wish we just decided just hung to hung on to him through to, the badness. I mean. Just choosing to rebuild around KG could not have literally could not have been worse than the rebuilding phase we went through. Probably true. You know, as I, I can say, I I went back and forth on this one a little bit just because I was like, I was really happy when KG won a title, and it's still like I'm so happy for him, and I have such fond memories of that Celtics run because I was cheering for him so hard to get that ring. Yeah, and so I hate to take that away from him, but I just think like. Spending his whole career on the Timberwolves, this the last ten years would have been very, very different if Kevin Garnett had stayed a wolf the entire time. Moving on to number three, what is your favorite Timberwolves promotional item? That's right. So something that is given away uh, at Wolves games. Uh, Scott, uh, do you want you start this one? What are you going to guess? I got this one. I already yep. know. What is it? It has to. What's be the, my favorite? My favorite yeah, item. Yeah, I got this. It's easy. What it's it? got to be your Mark Madsen babushka doll. That's the one. That it's is incredible. my favorite. It's amazing. It is, it is very beloved to me. It uh, always stands somewhere prominent in my home. And uh, Mark Madsen babushka. That's a Russian nesting doll. Um, what an amazing artifact! Like. That is like some of the like free Darko, the starter spirit before its time, where like yeah. they were like, we're gonna build a product around Mark Madsen and we're gonna make it wacky. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like what what pre internet embracing of that spirit. But like it's an amazing artifact. You open up Mark and there's a smaller Mark inside. He's wearing right a different there. jersey. And then you open up Mark and there's a smaller Mark inside. We're in a different color jersey. Pretty incredible. Okay, Scott, for you, I'm gonna guess that your favorite Timberwolves promotional item was your Doug West jersey way back in the day, third, second grade, whatever it was, Doug West jersey. 
Was it? You're right there, man. I feel bad because that was my answer and I changed it before the pod ah. started. I literally was my answer. Because what do you got now? What's it instead? What's it going to be? You saw it when you came over to my house. Oh, the Marbury. The Stefan Marbury height chart. Oh. It's like a full size. It goes from my my floor to my ceiling. It's like a door poster. Yeah, it's like a door poster of Steph holding the basketball like he's on the cover of... Uh, <laughs> not, what's uh Spin? Yeah, yeah, Slam. Slam, that's one. Yeah, yeah. it's called Cover of Slam magazine. <laughs> like, uh, the, the height measurements are not actually something you want to go by but you can measure yourself but to yeah Marbury. <laughs> so good i feel bad though because you you did that was such a good recall on close you, enough close enough other. all right next question if you could own any vintage timberwolves jersey which one would you choose scott i'm gonna guess yours first think about some of my earlier answers earlier answers i don't i didn't try to get too clever on this okay your early answers revolved around kg and uh and marbury um, you already have a Marbury Iverson reversible jersey. I don't think you have a KG jersey. I'm, I'm going to go KG All-Star MVP jersey. That's a great guess. I'm going to give it to you just because you said KG. I was just <laughs> I just picked the the black, uh, you know. Oh, the black classic. The black classic. The black the K- classic. KG era with the <laughs> trees around the collar oh, and everything like that. With the black, yeah. You see a lot of the white, see a lot of the blue. You don't see many of the black ones, totally. That that's that's one of the, that's probably the ultimate like 90s jersey right there. You came so close though for that's how open ended that question is. It could literally yeah. be anyone. Could have been anything. What's what's your guess for me as far as which jersey I would choose? I settled on Mr. Big Balls himself. Black Timberwolves uh, uh, Ooh, era. I would love that. Uh, black. Cassell I would love jersey. that Sam Cassell black jersey. That's not what I chose though. Sorry, I picked Rashad McCants. Oh, adult jersey blue of his era. I still to this day search eBay all the time for Timberwolves stuff. Only see youth size. There are jerseys. so many youth McCants jerseys. Youth McCants jerseys. If you got a lead on an adult McCants jersey, that's what I'm looking for, you guys. Yeah, all right, last one here, uh, number five. Who would make a better crunch the mascot, Neil or Scott? You or me, you or me, you or me. Scott, go ahead, you start. Who do you think would be better in the suit doing the games? I picked you. Me too. <laughs> I picked me too. Let's be let's be real here. You're in, you're in a band that My, requires you to be really energetic, yeah. uh, dance, do a lot of en- like moving. Yeah. Um, so I, I just think that you're already halfway there. My full-time job is to be in a band and dance and do stuff for families and kids and stuff like that. So uh, CuckooKangaroo.com, yeah, all this music's yeah, check free. It out, check it I'm out. I'm bumping my, my trivia Thank night you. every week. I'm not even sure if you said what band yeah, you're in. Yeah, there Cuckoo it is. Kangaroo. So, yeah, so that's an entertainer job, and so I think that's kind of um, – that's pretty much what I put on my taxes these days, entertainer. Like, basically, if that ever falls through, you'll be, like, <laughs> you know, 37 and playing crunch, you know? Yeah, and I can, like, deal with kids. I can, you know, you know I'm around kids a lot, like, you know, high up like elementary middle school kids like i can deal with them i can deal with families i can i don't mind you know being in the spotlight a little bit it's all good i can i can do the crunch the mascot job I my think. biggest con when i was making the list is that you might be too tall to be crunched i might not fit you're I very probably tall would not crunch. fit i'm six, six four. four probably not fit in there scott what? i just think like a, a crunch that's that tall might be scary like seeing a crunch that's like way bigger Huge. than everybody. Like, yeah, seeing a crunch that's like Ricky size might be scary. You're probably supposed to be around six foot with the with the head, with the head on. And a lot of mascots are smaller because they tend to be like acrobats, and they yes. tend to like a lot of mascots in college were from like the cheerleading uh, yes. groups of dancers, and so uh, you know, very good. Okay, we got to wrap up this show. We're running long already, Scott. It's been good. It's been episode eighteen. 
We did game. We uh, we learned a little bit about each other, what types of jerseys we should get each other for Christmas and stuff like that. That's that's kind of what we what we found out here. It's been um, it's been a, a very informative episode all around. I hope you guys will all tune in again next week. We're gonna have another pod for you. We're gonna be talking a about a couple more, a couple more. Probably, probably I'm like just, three more. I'm just spitballing here. We're probably be talking about April Fools in some way. <laughs> how you shouldn't fall for those those pranks. Stuff we'll probably, like that. We'll probably warn you about it and some things like that. Uh, yes, indeed. I want to once again say uh, shout out to Hank and Danny from Sioux City, Iowa. Thank you for yeah. spending one of your nights in Minneapolis at Dar- Darby's Trivia. Um, just like every other person who has come to Darby's Trivia and said they listen to the podcast and that's why they come to Trivia, they go home with a prize. Ooh. Maybe not the prize they earned. Uh, maybe it's not like they're winning all the time, but I've always got extra prizes prize in my bag. Is a prize. And so I gave uh, uh, Hank some mystery prizes that he do- he earned, uh, just like I gave our other friends that we met at Trivia before that. Love so it. come to Darby's Trivia Tuesday night 6 p.m it's right by target field darby's pub and grill and it's free to play so come uh meet some wolves fans thank you guys for listening to our show this week we'll be back next week with another show and until then remember everybody you've already learned more things today than you'll ever use